0: Hello, lovely listeners. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to this hat-trick of a podcast I have curated premised upon Statesman, a dialogue by Plato written in 360 BC, which is a translation by Benjamin Jowett. This podcast delves into a bunch of sections I have cherry-picked and how I perceived the statements loaded with wisdom made by young Socrates and the Eleatic Stranger. Plato, one significant character among the classic Greek philosopher Trio, the other two obviously being Socrates and Aristotle. Plato was taught by Socrates, and interestingly enough, Plato taught the third great philosopher Aristotle. For about 20 years, at the Academy of Athens, an institution specializing in facilitating research of philosophical, scientific and mathematical disciplines. It must be noted that Statesman is a work of political philosophy, which philosophizes the political roles and deliberates upon the temperament best suited to bring about welfare of the cities through parlance. Before we spell out some of the statements, though self-explanatory, yet replete with relevance and meaning, let's attempt to decode what this royally jargonized word, statesman, means to a layman as you and I. One who is well-versed in the art of government, especially in shaping its policies, is deemed a statesman, in simple terms, a wise skillful and respectful political leader. You may wonder why Plato would have painstakingly written an entire dialogue, emphasising the qualities of a true statesman. I wondered the same too. After a brief thought, I realised that it was because of great scholars as Plato from the Greek wing, Arya Cotillia from India and the like that these fundamental political roles and positions of office started to be addressed. It may appear obvious for a leader occupying a responsible position to possess balanced qualities. But just imagine, would it have appeared this obvious if no scholar ever called our attention to the fact? Think for yourself. Statesman reads, The science of an ideal ruler is to weave opposing nature into the fabric of the state. It advocates for the direct interweaving of the characters of restrained and courageous men. The courageous are deficient in justice and caution, but excel in boldness of action. While the self-restrained officials are exceedingly careful, just, and conservative. However, they lack keenness, a certain agile, active boldness. Unless both these qualities are present, it is impossible for a state to be entirely prosperous in public as well as private matters. The Eliatic stranger asks young Socrates if existence of excess beyond the standard of the mean and of inferiority to the mean, whether in words or deeds, acts as the distinguisher between good men and bad. Along the conversation, it turns out that when they preserve the standard of the mean, all their works are good and beautiful. Hence, it is established that the temperament of statesmen is a balance between boldness and self-restraint. I quote, Politics is an art, like medicine or weaving, except it is concerned with a science of maintaining the health of the state. End quote. How brilliantly could this parallel be drawn? Comparing politics to art it's quite a glorious spin, I must say. The stranger further catches young Socrates off guard by asking if arithmetics and certain other kindred arts are merely abstract knowledge wholly separate from action? Rightly so, since we have never seen trigonometry and theorems materialize in front of our eyes. So logically speaking, they must be coded under abstract knowledge. The stranger followed up his argument that in the art of carpentering and all other handicrafts, the knowledge of the workman is merged in his work. He not only knows, but he also makes things which previously did not exist." My question to you here, my dear listeners, is if artists of poetry make art which previously existed or something originating solely from their own realm of imagination. That definitely is a thought I want you to hold on to. Another statement that took me by surprise was, I quote, The king cannot do much with his hands or with his whole body toward the maintenance of his empire compared with what he does with his intelligence and strength of his mind. This does not particularly point to the leader in power to necessarily hold a dozen educational qualifications. Just a clean passion to do the country proud in the holistic sphere, and being consciously aware of this condition can bring the nation good fortunes. Going back to the interweaving of contrasting characters, the quiet, orderly class seek for natures like their own, and the courageous do the same, whereas they should both do precisely the opposite because courage, when untempered by the gentler nature, may bloom and strengthen at first, but bursts forth into downright madness. Conversely, the soul which is modest and devoid of courage over generations will become utterly paralysed and useless. The web of political action is completed by a direct intertexture of the brave and mellow natures as the royal science draws the diverse minds into a communion. Happiness in cities can be vouchsafed only when one unit of a fabric woven out of two complementing threads governs and presides over both slaves and free men alike. That's pretty much all I've got for today's podcast on statesmen. You may also want to read up on a bunch of other gripping dialogues written by Plato, namely Republic, Apology, Crito, and so on. Thank you for rolling on till the end of this podcast. And I sincerely hope that I could make this piece of content worth your while. Take care, keep learning, Keep growing.